Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, is the forever pessimistic, angry, cursing Nathaniel Paul Thurston. That doesn't sound like me at all. (laughs) I'm one of the most optimistic guys I know. I saw that my mom was in the group today. She's watching live, and so I wanted her to know that it was... Oh, I don't curse. That you're the one... Who needs to contribute to the swear jar? Not me. And that you're a bad influence on me. It's funny. I still, like yesterday's episode, I dropped an F-bomb and I went back and I took it out because <laughs> I, I felt bad putting it out there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, most most people, what if you're listening with your kids, mm-hmm. you know? You don't want someone to just randomly drop an F-bomb. Right. Something like that. You want to be the one to drop the F-bomb in front of your kids. I, if I, yeah, in front of their kids personally, yeah, in person. What's up? This is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week. So, if you like what you're hearing, hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, join the Fed Haters Club, join gmail.com. It's only six bucks a month. You can pay more if you're a real libertarian. That's fine too. And guess what? What? If you're so inclined, you can come hang out with us. That's right. At Freedom Fest. That's right. You can join us. That's Charlie and I. The MC is Lisa Kennedy. At Freedom Fest, which is July 12th through the 15th of get this some year. barbecue. And just so you know, you can get 50 bucks off your early bird rate when you use the code GOODMORNING50. By March 31st, today is the 29th of March. You got a couple days to get 50 bucks off. There's going to be thousands of liberty-loving folks just like you and me. are going to be there in Memphis. You got Steve Forbes, Larry Sharp. Hannah Cox is going to be there. Spike Cohen. David, I don't know who that is. Boaz? Boaz? Who Tulsi, knows? Tulsi Gabbard, Matt Taibbi. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's going to be a lot of people there. It's going to be fun, as always. Uh, last time we went there, we had a blast. And I know this time is going to be really cool, too. Uh, this is our affiliate link, by the way, which means we really want you to purchase your ticket using the promo code GOODMORNING50. All right? We really want you to. Is this Nate Fest? So if you're going to go, then you purchase using the promo code GOODMORNING50. Yeah. Time to do I, no, it. No, this can't be good. This can't be Nate You don't think? No. Why? No, because only the live group can go to Nate Fest. People listening on the true. podcast might sign up for Freedom Fest, which they can come see us there. But yeah, Nate but Fest they're not going to go to the private dinner at Rendezvous to get some uh, great Memphis ribs mm. like the people in the live group will. Probably should make that reservation. Well, I'm not, I'm asking you soon, you know, All okay, right. we gotta, we gotta do a quick show today and I've only got about 40 slides in the stack to run through. We got about 30 seconds per slide. Okay. We'll be fine. It. The first one though. Okay. We're not going to talk a bunch about this Nashville shooting. Today. This is part two because yesterday we can get, well, to wrap it all up. It's so. not really not yet because I don't, I don't feel like talking about mental health today. So we're not going to go into the real important stuff. Um, we're just going to do a mostly it, white pill Wednesday. This is part 1.5. There's a couple things associated with the shooting in here. This is why I'm throwing this on White Pill Wednesday. I'll tell you, the uh, the police chief was describing the fact that the shooter had uh, written down talking about different locations. And there was a reason that the other locations uh, were eventually not chosen. And this one was. Not that this is a White Pill, you know, obviously, because it still ended up happening, but... Just listen to what he said about it. 
It was the only school that was targeted. Uh, there was another location that was mentioned, uh, but because of a, a threat assessment by the suspect, uh, too much security, they decided not to. And that area was here in Nashville, so we're continuing with that investigation as well. Okay, that's it. Just that little clip right there. Mm. That's a really important part. Okay, there was another location that was considered, but because of the threat assessment by the shooter, there was too much security at that location, and so they decided to go to the school instead. The shooter literally did a threat assessment. Yes. It was like, oh, there's too much security there. This was really, uh, it, it's a well-planned, you guys know what I mean, but it was meticulously it was planned out, out mm. thought out, uh, and decided to pick a place that didn't have any security. Yeah. Just saying. Gun-free zone. Exactly. That didn't, have, that didn't have security. So while we're talking about keeping people safe, maybe that needs to be part of the conversation. Now, this next one, while we're on the trans thing for a second, we're going to piggyback off of this conversation. One thing people are upset about, uh, what we think might have been the origin of the whole trans thing starting back in, what, 2014? It was the bathrooms first. We decided it was the bathrooms first. Yeah, I think so. And then it was the sports. Well, this came from last week, the World Athletics uh, they banned transgender athletes from competing in female world ranking events. Mm. Now, we won't go into the article from the Daily Wire because of time, but uh, you've probably seen this headline or the fact that this happened. A nice white pill associated with this was that uh, NPR posted about this, and they said, Charlie, what'd they say? The, interna uh, the International Governing Body for Track and Field will ban trans women athletes from elite women's Competition citing a priority for fairness over inclusion, despite limited scientific research involving elite trans athletes. So at the end of that, they say, despite limited scientific research involving elite trans athletes, new Twitter to the rescue. Community notes <laughs> jumps on here. What do you got there, Chuck? And they say multiple studies on trans athletes, including elite athletes, have been conducted, which show that they retain higher muscle mass, strength, and running speed than women. And then the cherry on top, NPR. Uh, NPR made a correction. Correction. <laughs> An earlier tweet in incorrectly stated there is limited scientific evidence of physical advantage. Existing research shows that higher levels of testosterone do impact athletic performance, but there's limited research involving elite trans athletes in competition. New Twitter to the rescue. I love it. Yeah. It's great. I like how they still tried to qualify yeah. it, though. <laughs> But I just but, like that. But we weren't wrong correction. about there being limited. Yeah, because there aren't many trans. Because oh, they stuck another they community just, notes on this. By the way, they just now started entering yeah. major competitions. This is a kind of a new thing. Yeah, a little bit of a new thing. Um, okay, so let's let's get on. This is still gonna talk about some of the transgender culture type. Uh, conversation we're having, but there's this poll that's been uh, being given for 26 years now. They've been doing this poll uh, from the Wall Street Journal and NORC Nork. at the University of Chicago. And so this poll, I wanted to go through some of the results of it because it was interesting and trying to throw this into White Pill Wednesday. I wanted to point out, first off in the poll, uh, that they survey more Democrats than Republicans. Um, probably they do that in keeping with uh, voting turnout or something like that, but whatever. 44% uh, responded saying they were either uh, basically lean Democrat, strong Democrat, not so strong Democrat. 
you know, that kind of thing. 44%, uh, 38% Republicans. So like men Democrats and women Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how they separate that out. And then uh, they didn't, they were, I guess there were no fat Democrats or fat Republicans. They were just lean. <laughs> you do have to go pick up your kid here in a bit, dad. <laughs> That's right. Now, okay. One thing here in this poll, uh, how would you say things are these days? Would you say that you are very happy, pretty happy, or not too happy? I wanted to point out uh, that uh, 68% of the people responded saying that they were either very happy or pretty happy. I'm happy about that. And okay. One, and 1% skipped. Yeah. They refused. No. no. Oh. Uh, so I just want to set up the poll a little bit. Uh, which of these statements best describes your opinion about the United States? Um, 21% said stands above all countries in the world. 50% says one of the greatest countries in the world, uh, along with some others. 27% said there are other countries better than the United States. Now, this is a libertarian podcast. We can make a lot of statements about the U.S. government and our country. Mm. I would still say this is about, it's about the best place. I know there's a lot of um, expats that would, that would disagree and name the other countries where you're more free. But... I happen to prefer English as well. Okay, so I got to weigh that into the, uh, I got to factor that in to it's the still, outcome it's there. It's still literally one of the greatest countries yeah. in the world. Which doesn't say much for the world, I'll tell you that. You know, Not that there can't be improvements. White Pill Wednesday. Mm. I'm sorry, that was me. I came in with some pessimism just, once again. This is the only country in the world that ha that is as diverse, mm -hmm. religiously, culturally, ethnically, racially, and the fact that we aren't all completely killing each other. I yeah. know things seem worse on the news, but we're not all at each other's throats 24-7. We're able to cooperate the majority of the time. It's mostly peaceful in the United States. It's not all bad. Yeah. And then, and then couple that with the fact that it's still the best place to start a business mm. and grow an idea. And I know that there's obviously obstacles in the way of that that I get angry about myself as a business owner. However, it is still the greatest place where ideas can turn and, and you can go from rags to riches. It might not That's be the... People die trying to get here. When you say best place to start a business, I would say... That's probably true when you consider your, your clientele and uh, the economy and all that. I wouldn't say it's the easiest place to start a business. There's probably a lot more places that are more business friendly, but those might also n not be the best place to start a business. I would say, okay, so I'll rephrase and say easiest place to take an idea from conception mm -hmm. to Millions or billions or trillions. All right. So remember the demographics of this poll. 44% uh, are in some way Democrat. 38% are in some way Republican. And we'll, we'll back that up just a little bit more. Which of these concerns you more about schools today? The two options are that some schools may ban books and censor topics that are educationally important or that some schools may teach books and topics that some students or their parents feel are inappropriate or offensive. 61% of the people said that they are more worried about censoring books and topics than they are about inappropriate books and topics. 61%, you know, 44% uh, were in some way Democrat. And of course, there were independents in there as well that we didn't talk about. So backing this up just a little bit more, seems to be leaning more I guess you could say left, but being worried about censorship doesn't mean you're just on the left, clearly. 
Well, uh, you I mean, know what I mean. I mean, unless it's like you know, twelve rules for life or something. Yeah, you know, then you want to ban. So I'm saying that's you not want to ban those speakers. That's it's dangerous for those. me to say more left yeah. that kind of thing because uh, you know libertarians or some of them could be worried about that too. All right, now let's get into some more interesting stuff. Uh, well, one more backing up a little bit more left leaning. Do you favor oppose uh, giving parents tax funded vouchers they can use to help pay for tuition for their children? to attend private or religious schools of their choice instead of public schools. Uh, this ended up being 37% strongly or somewhat oppose school vouchers, voucher programs, school choice I- ideas, I guess. Uh, 34% said that they strongly or somewhat favor, so still leaning more towards opposing school voucher systems and people being able to take that tax money and go to private schools. I did notice that the deviation was um, minus 4.5 percent mm-hmm. points. It's it's small. Yeah. You could say you could say even. So honestly this one even. is dead even if you take that into consideration. Yeah. Uh, so now let's get into a little bit more of the culture stuff. Do you favor or oppose colleges and universities considering a student's race and ethnicity? when making decisions about student admissions. Now, before the next few, remember, we set up how it seems like the poll is going with a lot of these topics. Now we get to this culture-type stuff right now, okay? So, colleges and universities considering the students' race and ethnicity. Uh, 56% strongly or somewhat oppose uh, colleges and universities considering race so they when oppose- doing admissions. So most people oppose affirmative action. Only 15% of the respondents strongly or somewhat favored colleges doing that. Mm. All right? Well, I think that's, that's good. That's good news. A few things, uh, whether or not our society has gone too far, not gone far enough, or been about right. Uh, so accepting people who are transgender... The winner was 43% of the respondents said our society has gone too far. Mm. And then promoting equality between men and women, it's not far enough. Accepting people who are gay, lesbian, or bisexual, not far enough. Businesses taking steps to promote racial and ethnic diversity, not far enough. Schools and universities taking steps to promote racial and ethnic diversity, technically not far enough is the one that ekes out even though it's about even on there, which is kind of funny because only 15% of the people favored taking race into account when doing admissions. The college. <laughs> For college. Interesting. Okay. Were these people drunk? Now notice all of those things, women equality, uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, businesses taking steps to promote diversity, um, were all not far enough except for accepting people who are transgender. We've gone too far. Said... We've gone too far. Mm. Now, I'm not out here saying that you don't accept people who are transgender. That's what I'm saying. I think that in the public eye, I think what's happening in society is that people are too scared to actually stand up for what they really believe in because they fear the woke mob coming after them online or at work or wherever it is. I, I think that that's... One thing that's happening is that, and that this, and they fear being canceled, <clears throat> this losing thing, their jobs. Yeah, yeah. This thing, this which we were joking about earlier, and I think you said Tim Pool said said it. Like I never thought that the the Civil War was going to be started 
you know, because people wanted to change their kids' genders. Right. Like, that's not what I thought it was going to be yeah. over. But this is like a major inflection point, apparently. And I mean, a, you now have trans activists literally calling for violence in Tennessee. Video. You got, if you see, I got to find that video for Don't Bleep, maybe. Duchess Darkness. Mm. I got to look for that. Not for White Pill Wednesday. No. Not for White Pill Wednesday, okay. Uh, how about something else here? Uh, do you have a favorable or unfavorable or, you know, the other stuff toward the following? People identifying their pronouns, such as he, him, she, her, or they, them, in email, social media communications, or conversations. The winner? Uh, somewhat or very unfavorable. <laughs> 42%. Uh, the somewhat favorable or very or somewhat favorable was 21%. Uh, how about being asked to use gender-neutral pronouns, such as they, them, when addressing another person? 50% have a somewhat or very unfavorable view of this. Only 18% had a very or somewhat favorable view of this. I don't know why. Because it's so hard. It's, yeah. You know, Nate and I have a friend that is transgender, and it's very difficult to talk about them, them. We try, using they, them pronouns. We tried to have a legitimate conversation where everyone around the table used the preferred pronouns. And all of us legitimately trying to use the preferred pronouns were messing up every 10 seconds. Including friends slash family of ours that were extremely left-wing. Very left-wing. That would be mad at you if you did yeah. not use the proper pronouns. Even they struggled Yeah, to keep it right, to keep it straight. So that's why. And people get annoyed. It's not just that. It's because in the back of their mind, whether they'll ever say it or not, they're like, okay. That's this is, this is kind of dumb. That's a he. This is, listen, I get it, but this is dumb. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. And when you take these polls and, and uh, you know, your name's not listed on this poll or anything, you can kind of say what you really believe about it. You weren't loved as a child, were you? How about this? Uh, we just talked about that athletics thing. Do you think transgender athletes should be able to play on sports teams that match their current gender identity or, you know, the thing? Um, 56% of the respondents said only play on teams that match the sex assigned at their birth. Uh, only 17% said able to play on teams that match their current gender identity. Hmm. So maybe America's not so dumb after all. I really think that there is a very, very uh, loud minority. Not that when someone's in a minority, you should oppress them, but you also can't think that that's so popular that you have to allow yourself to be oppressed in some way. Yeah, you can't uh, let the minority dictate the lives of other people. Yeah, uh, which is what's happening. And what I, what I really took from this poll is that this is not as popular as the mainstream media who all carries water for this idea all the time. Even when there's a shooting, they give the reasoning behind people being upset about it. The, from what I can tell, a very slim majority in these a very slim amount of people in these polls actually support these things like uh, playing on sports teams according to your gender identity or using pronouns, things like that. It's actually a majority of people that do not like this. And um, <coughs> I know that that's sad if you're a trans person who somehow stumbled upon today's show and you're made it this far into the podcast and might hurt your feelings. Uh, but guess what? 
backs don't care about your feelings as the great philosopher Shapiro said, <clears throat> you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. You know, I think we're going to be fine making Sh- this, a, making this a short uh, episode. There are a couple stories in here. We'll see how this goes. All right. Breaking. That's not breaking anymore, but it's it was breaking you at know. the time. Yeah. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs bill to fund students instead of systems. All Florida families now have school choice. Nice. Florida is the sixth state to enact universal school choice in just two years. West Virginia, Arizona, Iowa, Utah, Arkansas, and Florida in just the last couple of years. Uh, the dominoes are falling, Corey DeAngelo says. A school choice revolution has ignited. And this is where liberty can win at a local level. <clears throat> yes. Who cares what the Department of Education is doing? We can actually invoke liberty and real change at a local level. So from uh, Yahoo, I guess, DeSantis signs the universal school choice. Um, Florida House Bill 1 expands available school choice options for all 1.3 million students in Florida. Now, Tennessee is not on this list, but they have implemented school choice for two counties, Mm. Nashville and, and Memphis. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Davidson and whatever Shelby. Okay, I believe it's Shelby County has Memphis. So, um, so and, is it just the counties that did this, or was that some type? No, of it was state done by the state, through? really. But I guess it's kind of an experiment. Huh. And well, I, here's the thing: I may be wrong about Lee actually signing this, but I'm pretty sure that he did. Um, look, yeah, able to throw look, a fact check on that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's more of an experiment to see how it goes. The, the the data are in. By mm-hmm. Thomas Sowell's already done, and he's he wrote an incredible book on this. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but um, when you give kids and parents a choice, um, it works out way better for the kids. Mm-hmm. So, thanks to Governor DeSantis and the legislature, we continue to be the undisputed leader at school choice. Got to be number one too. Yeah, I mean. You know. We don't have to go through this whole thing, by the way. Whatever you think is important there. No, that's, yeah, good enough. Good enough. I, I just wanted to say, I don't think this is a fix-all solution. Um, just so you know, uh, private schools have a lot of the same issues uh, that public schools do when it comes to uh, culture-type scenarios. Uh, it's not exactly any better. In fact, sometimes I think it's worse because I think the staff can be a bit more naive than a public school staff when it comes to things that kids might be doing, especially if it's a religious school. Um, I do think, however, it's much better on the education front. And guess what? You don't even have to use all those arguments. Uh, People should be free to choose what they do with their money. And if they're going to steal it from you, they might as well at least give you a choice of what you're going to spend it on, I guess. It's a better way of stealing. Yeah, it's a, it is a better. <laughs> like when you steal from someone, you should let them make a decision. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I learned, me, that I wasn't you? very good at setting boundaries. Healthy boundaries can be tricky to learn, but through this experience, I was able to gain a healthier version of me. One thing I learned is self-awareness and learning how to understand situations from different points of view. Uh, something very important, by the way, for our show. It there is. We go. It's extremely important. Sometimes we don't know what we want, like what I want, or why we react. Why did I get mad about that? Why did I care about that so much? Until we actually talk through things. 
And BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And you've used it before, right? I do. I currently you use, use it right now. BetterHelp right now. When's the I last have, time you talked to your BetterHelp therapist? I have one scheduled tomorrow. Okay. All right. How's it been so far? Amazing. Yeah? Yes. Easy? It's easy. It's convenient. It's the best way to do therapy. Now, you've been stuck with the same person the whole time? No, I've changed. That's pretty cool. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. You never had to meet with a person, like in person, right? All online. Okay. That's my kind of thing right there. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just Did you do the brief question there? I did. You filled that out? You got matched with a therapist? I did. And then you switched to a different one later on? With no additional charge. How about that? So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. Let's go to a, uh, a little bit. I don't know. I think this is a good story right here. Are you jumping off already? I'm, I'm about to. You're about to. Mm-hmm. How about this? North Carolina church raises thousands to pay off cafeteria lunch debt for every county school. Now, even as a libertarian, I will tell you, I happen to think lunch debt is kind of a weird thing. And I've always thought it was weird that like you have this school and they take all this tax money and they pay for all this crap around the school and all the administrators. You're forced to go there. They're paying the teachers, administrators, the, the gym, the, all the stuff on the campus. And they're like, we're not providing you any food. Which, which you I just, think the woke would be most upset about. Well, the, there's people really like, upset about that. Like healthcare is a need. Well, pff, yeah. All right. Food, you could argue, is most definitely a need. Well, the left has been upset about this. For I've seen Nina Turner post about this a lot of times. This is something I... I did see her tweet about a free, everyone deserves a free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> there's, but, but she would say that. But what's weird is they don't... Did she say free lunch? I'm pretty sure she said that. I got to find that tweet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she said I gotta that. I got to get that. Yeah. Um, I just think that... Uh, listen, let's just talk about privatizing all the schools and we'll go towards that. But I happen to think it's not insane to think that in all these budgets and all this money that we spend uh, with the Department of Education and your state government budgets, all that stuff, that they can't afford the, you know, what we, we paid like a dollar twenty-five a day or something at, at, at Vienna for lunch. It's more than that now. Well, I'm sure it's more now, but yeah. I'm just saying. I, You're telling me that there's look, no room I was so for that. poor that we got free lunches. Yeah. My family qualified for the free lunch. And we got reduced breakfast. So breakfast cost us a quarter, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, free lunch. But I don't know why we had to pay for breakfast. A North Carolina pastor has been helping children in need throughout this this county, whether they need clothes, housing, or even a a family with programs like his, Church's Foster and Adoption Ministry. Uh, A few years ago, this city... Oh, Charlie left. Charlie's gone. I just want everyone to know that Charlie is uh, no longer here. A few years ago, his city church in Gastonia started Hope Closet, a clothing giveaway for kids who may be displaced or kids in schools who need new shoes. A few weeks ago, he ran across a news article about a growing number of kids whose school lunch accounts remain unpaid. School lunch debt is a problem for districts across North Carolina, including Gaston County, where Pastor Dickie Spargo learned that families owe a total of $13,000. Quote, we decided that we were going to share it with our church and then just take up an offering and see what would happen. In less than two weeks, 
the congregation raised $23,000. The lunch debt for the families uh, was 13000 in the county where they were. The congregation raised 23000 This is what we're talking about when we talk about how churches and families in the community can come together and solve problems. Here's the school lunch debt. I do happen to think it's ridiculous if we're going to do all the other stuff with schools that we're not paying for school lunches too. I don't know. Someone tell me why. Uh, There's no way they can do that. But these people came together and they raised money to solve a problem that people in Congress and in the, the state houses all over have been fighting about for years now. And I really hope that more churches in their area or in the areas of any schools where this is a thing will come together and take care of this. This is the way. This is how you prove that you don't have to vote for the right person to solve what I happen to think is a fairly ridiculous problem. One more thing I'll mention. I got two more things I'm going to mention before we go. Listen, there's new studies linking marijuana legalization to all sorts of positive public health outcomes. This is where I say the disclaimer, saying that I don't think that you should uh, lean on weed if you're just trying to uh, get through the day or whatever. Um, I I think that we need more studies showing long-term health impacts. I think that there is a misconception that you can have as much of it as you want and there will never be any type of side effects or impacts from it. And I think that the the laws, the, the federal government restrictions are stopping us from figuring out exactly what all those things are. But anyway, in a landmark paper, economists have collected evidence on the societal implications of cannabis legalization and found it lowered the rates of suicide, binge drinking, traffic fatalities, and perhaps, ironically, cannabis use in teenagers. Now that recreational cannabis is available in 18 states and medically authorized in 36 states, concerns over the effects of widespread societal access are appearing as the motivation behind the scientific research. Much of that research has now been collected in a meta-analysis of 36 different papers published over the last 10 years. It shows that the societal impact of legalization has led to significant positive outcomes. One criticism from concerned parents or conservative politicians was that increased legalization would lead to increased teenage consumption. So, That's not actually what they find. It seems logical to say that if cannabis were legal, it would be more commonly consumed, but that wasn't the case. In fact, a meta-analysis published in the Journal of Economic Literature found that teenage access to cannabis decreased by 8% and frequent use decreased by 9%. The reason was believed that once drug dealers were replaced by dispensaries with legal obligation to check ID, far fewer teens were able to access it. Uh, They also talk about opioid overdose deaths uh, and stuff like that. And uh, I don't think it's all going to be bad, folks, if you legalize the weed. In fact, I think there's a lot of positive outcomes. I think there's a lot of medications that people take that could be replaced by weed. And my my conspiracy theory this whole time has been that um, the holding back of legalizing at a federal level or at least decriminalizing uh, might be paid for. I'll just say that. It could it could be paid for. I want to leave you with a with one last one last thought. One last thought on this. I saw this thing this clip going around uh, from John Stewart who still has a show, and he's questioning uh, this person. Let me figure out who it is. State Senator Nathan Dom 
from Oklahoma. They say pinned several bills loosening gun restrictions, including the nation's first anti-red flag law. He thinks these bills protect the Second Amendment and that they make us safer. We think it's probably one or the other. This is a back and forth, and I'm just going to read the way that this went down. There's a nine-minute video, and we're not going to watch the nine-minute video today. So Stewart says, does training in order to own a gun make you safer? Nathan Dom says, yes. Stewart says, and you would remove that training as mandatory. And Dom says, yes. Stewart says, so you are making us less safe. And Dom says, no. Stewart says, are you familiar with logic? The conversation I'm expecting did not go really well because John Stewart is uh, great, like a lot of people on the left are, at painting you into these false dichotomies and straw man arguments and terrible things like that. Here's what I think some people are doing wrong, and I'm seeing it a lot right now as we talk about gun control and AR-15s and whatever. I see a lot of people arguing, well, they don't actually make us safer. In fact, more guns we have, we can get less safe. Uh, here's why you don't need an AR-15, or here's why we got to do this for guns, or we got to do that. The problem that Nathan Dom made, state senator Nathan Dom uh, made here, the, the mistake is arguing for your rights based on what the outcome of you having those rights would be. Ayn Rand talks a lot about this, and she says that a problem that a lot of capitalists or free market capitalists, laissez-faire people make is, and we've said it a bunch on the show before, is that, well, this is the best thing for the most amount of people. And that is true. Like we can say, well, we don't want socialism. We want capitalism because capitalism is the best thing for the most amount of people. And that can be true. But that's not the argument, in my opinion. And honestly, it came from her after hearing her uh, make this argument. That's, that's really where it came from. We don't argue for these rights because they would have the best outcome. That leaves it open for people to show you these studies and to make the case that, in fact, we aren't safer when you do this, or actually, in fact, uh, socialism would, would do this better than capitalism, what have you. And then you can have this debate over which one of these systems or which one of these laws would be better for society as a whole for the most amount of people. The actual fact of the matter is we protect these rights and we support these rights because that is the only moral option. As a human being, you have the right to defend yourself. You have a right to obtain whatever means to defend yourself, to have a firearm, whether it be an AR-15, a handgun, whatever it is. That's why you can get it. And no argument about whether or not society as a whole is more safe or less safe, or whether or not having training makes people more safe or less safe, in my opinion, needs to come into the conversation because that's not what it's about. It's about what your natural rights are. When it comes to capitalism, free market, laissez-faire capitalism, as human beings, we have the right to trade with one another, to create things that other people deem valuable, to use whatever our skills are, to create those things and then trade those with other people for things that they have created that is valuable. That system of trade is inherent to our natural right as humans to do those things.
the argument that that is the best thing for the most amount of people is a, is a byproduct of people being able to exercise those rights. But it's not the reason that you should be able to exercise those rights. If it's the reason you should be able to, then people will always be able to debate and argue against that. Take the moral high ground. We support free market capitalism because that is the only moral option. That is the only moral and humane option. We support your right to defend yourself by whatever means necessary because that is the only moral and humane option that there is. Every other option takes away your humanity and gives it to the whim of other people who win popularity contests. That is not the moral option. All the other stuff makes for fun conversation, but that's not the point and that's not why we decide to defend your rights or to uh, support your rights. So I just wanted to leave you with that. I recommend focusing on that as an argument and not all of the other noise that we see out there. That's just me today finishing up the show. Charlie normally ends the show, so what am I going to say? Follow us. Go to joingmail.com and support the show. That's how we keep going. Uh, the people who support the show or pay monthly or they, they become a real libertarian, those kind of things. You can hang out with us live in the Fed Haters Club every day. If you don't want to do that, you can go to GodHatesFeds.com and get yourself a shirt or a mug or whatever you want from there. Uh, come hang out with us at Freedom Fest. Use that promo code GOODMORNING50. Uh, and, you know, any other events that you see we're going to be hanging out, come hang out with us there too and support the sponsors of the show. That means more than you know, even if you, you, even if you don't decide to, to buy from them or whatever, uh, use the links. Trust me, it's very important. You do all those things, including and especially leaving a rating and review and hitting that retweet button on Twitter. And then we'll be right back here again tomorrow. Same Liberty channel, same Liberty time. Till then, have a good morning. Liberty.